Welcome to the Bike Pack Adventures Podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours, bike packers, and endurance cyclists from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike travel. You'll get insight into various countries and cultures around the world, hear fantastic stories of their journeys. Through both mine and my guests' experiences, you'll learn about the pros and cons of specific gear, bikes, and bike setups. If you're new to bike travel and considering going on an adventure, I hope the podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. I want to thank Panorama Cycles, Redshift Sports, Restrap, Race Day Fuel, and Brockman Cyclery for supporting Bike Pack Adventures and helping to keep me on the bike. Check out the show notes for more information about these amazing companies. Thanks and keep on pedaling. Welcome to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike touring. You'll get insight into various cultures and countries around the world. They'll share fantastic stories of their journey, and through mine and my guest experiences, you'll learn about the pros and cons of specific gear, bikes, and bike setups. If you're new to bike touring and considering going on a tour, I hope the podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. If you're already a bike tourer, I hope my guest stories allow you to relive some of your own experiences and give you a good laugh or two along the way. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back. Before we jump into the latest episode, I just want to uh, do a uh, quick rundown of what's been going on for me. So, literally two days ago, got back from an amazing holiday with my wife to Alberta. So we flew to Calgary. Uh, flights were wicked cheap. I think we paid like two twenty round trip, which that's like Malaysia prices for flights, like Air Asia. But in Canada, never happens. So we went there and spent a week out in Banff, Lake Louise, and Jasper, and that was really, really nice. Kind of a a good holiday after a a long year of social distancing and isolation and all that stuff. So um, things were opening up pretty good in Alberta right when we left. You didn't even have to wear masks in stores and stuff anymore, except for in Calgary and Edmonton, the two bigger cities. Patreon, if you like the podcast, guys, please support the podcast. It's a work in progress. I am committing myself to putting out a shitload of episodes this summer. I have already three that are recorded. I'm trying to get put out um, this one here. And then I'm trying to get another one this week. And super excited, Lail Wilcox. I've been chatting with her and she's going to be on the show. So if you don't know who she is, Lail Wilcox, um, amazing, amazing endurance athlete, one of the top riders in the world, also happens to be a woman. It just shows you that much, uh, that much more how how equalizing ultra endurance is, and it's you know um, the traditional strength of man kind of gets negated when it comes to ultra endurance, and that's cool. So super super stoked to have her coming up on the show. Um, if you do like the podcast, you can support it at Patreon.com, Bike Tour Adventures. Um, there's links in my website on each episode and everything. So super easy to find. 
I just want to give a quick shout out to some of my newest supporters. So we have a <laughs> Reverend Chimmy Chuckles 69. <laughs> Don't know what your real name is, but I do love your handle. And uh, Dan Edwards, two of the newest uh, supporters on uh, Patreon, as well as Reinhardt, who previously supported me through GoFundMe. And now I've recently just changed that to PayPal. And uh, Reinhardt was awesome enough to send me a one-time payout, which is good. That money goes right back into this podcast. It didn't go to my trip in Alberta, I promise you. And um, yeah, so if you want to do that, you can also PayPal me money. There are links in each podcast episode as well as on the website. And finally, I just want to quickly thank the sponsors of the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. Uh, That is Opus Bikes, Redshift Sports, and Seven Mesh Cycling Apparel. All these companies uh, make gear that I absolutely love. I I think I don't have to go into it right now. I think there's an ad in the podcast. I'm just going to shut up. Yeah, good stuff. Keep it up. And um, yeah, let's get to the show. Thanks for uh, hearing me out. Bye-bye. In this episode of Bike Tour Adventures, I have the opportunity to connect with Anissa Subekti, an Indonesian adventurer that in July of 2017 started on a new chapter of her life, by embarking on a bike tour that has taken her all over South America and into Africa. After nearly four years, Anissa is still going strong. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the places she's traveled, her bike and setup, and what challenges there are as a female non-native English speaker bike tour. Anissa, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So let's, uh, I love, I love to start to just find out, um, about my guests. So why don't you tell us about yourself? I mean, I did mention you're Indonesian, but you can tell us everything else. Ah, yes. Uh, hi, I'm Anissa, as Chris already mentioned, and I'm Indonesian. So I'm not really bicycle tourer as people thought I may. I just started like, Reason for years is it recent? I'm not sure. Uh, so, Luis is my partner. He asked me to do a bike touring that included his project, World Skating uh, Tour project. Mm-hmm. It's his project, personal project. And um, since he met me, he he think that it's about time. It's about uh, it's a good time to start with a bicycle. At that time, I didn't know what is that. I just didn't uh. know bicycle touring exists. You know, <laughs> uh, so but because I like bicycle since since I was a kid, I like it. Uh, um, it was easy for me to say yes. So, but. Of course, as I am green in traveling, so I didn't know much. So I searched and then, yeah, it succeeds. Uh, and then there's pioneers and then there is, uh, at that time, and when I started, the backpacking style was about to start it, mm-hmm. but to to get high. But at that time, we just, uh, we just have the classic setup. Okay. And it was, for me, it was more than happy to to know that to learn about this kind of lifestyle yeah if I, if you don't mind me asking where are you from in indonesia i'm from surabaya the surabaya. java island mm-hmm. yes i've been there i uh, loved it oh yeah mm-hmm. did you know about promo also which one promo mountain 
Bromo, yeah. Yeah, I um I didn't cycle there. I took a uh I took a motor, but uh Oh. Just for the listeners, nice. yeah, they call them motor, but uh, it's a it's yeah. a, it's a, a small mini bike. So, yeah, I cycled from Jogja to Surabaya and then all the way up to basically Lombok or down oh, down nice. to Lombok, I should say. All right. Yeah. That's cool. I never did that by motor. I just did that by car. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so I, I did it by bicycle, but I only did um, from from Malang to Bromo, I did on a motorbike. Malang is where my parents came from. Oh, I love Malang. What a fantastic city. It's maybe one of my favorite yeah. places in uh, in Java. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm honored. Ah, maybe because it's so cool and it wasn't so hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Malang is around the mountain. Yeah. So, yeah. It's cooler than Jogja or Surabaya. Although it was a tough day cycling up the mountain to get to Malang. I remember that. I can bet. Yeah. So, I anyways, you are from tragic. Malang. And you said you yeah. did You did grow up, or sorry, Surabaya, but um, you said you did grow up riding bicycles, right? Yes, I did. But you had no real bike touring experience until you met Luis? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> what was it like to first get on a bike with bags and all that stuff and start pedaling? And what was that hey, experience man, it's like? Heavy. <laughs> it was heavy. <laughs> uh, it was heavy. And then my first day, I remember my first day was only 12 kilometers with 20, well, nice. no, with 80 meters up. Oh, okay. And I was dying. I oh. was like, oh, I need to stop. Oh, I need to stop. <laughs> Where were you? Oh, well, we were in Colombia that time. That was in Colombia, yeah? Yeah, uh, because we started from the North Colombia until the Patagonia, mm-hmm. the first plane. So uh, instead of, uh, before we started, Let's go to the Tairona Park, which is the national park, one of the best national car- uh, national park in Colombia. Okay. So we stay there for two nights before we start going south. Okay. So it was only twelve kilometers. Yeah, and I was dying. I we didn't have prepare. Uh, we didn't have any time to prepare our tour. Mm-hmm. The first tour, we didn't have that. So the first time with the loaded bikes, uh, the bicycle was that, the 12 kilometers. And it's just heavy. And then we were dying. Or at me. Or me was dying. <laughs> you were dying, yeah? Um, <laughs> were, so after that first day, were you... Were you nervous about whether you could continue and do this? Like, was this time? Were you like, look, oh my God, those are mountains over there. I know that Colombia is full of mountains. And yes, I know. Uh, yeah, at that time, like the first day, I was so nervous, and then I got stressed and anxious because this is only twelve kilometers, and then we're gonna do it like twelve, twelve thousand kilometers. Yeah. Oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so nervous at that time. And then Louis said, look, take it easy. Uh, this is the best place that we start the travel. Huh. It was the, uh, what is it called? Caribbean Beach. Okay. Can you imagine? It was in Caribbean Beach. So once we started, we don't, uh, we don't know this kind of beach will happen for the second or the third time. So let's enjoy first and then see see what we can do tomorrow of course and then it's not that easy so 
So, but I know because I learned sports science. Okay. So I know the concept of, of course, the first day is the hardest. Mm-hmm. And then we eventually get stronger on the way. So in that way, I'm a bit uh, slow down. <laughs> but yeah, it's not easy on the first time. But the first part, uh, the first days we travel, we travel through the coast. So it's quite plain oh, in good. Colombia. And then the second step was trying, uh, when we started to climb the the what is it called the Peruvian Andes uh, not not the Peruvian Andes the Andes okay because Andes started from Colombia right mm-hmm. yeah so that's the second step that we are trying to gain the strong the strength yeah so the mountains are definitely huge I remember when um when when my wife and I did our first little bike tour and I I actually carried all the bags and we were here in Canada oh. <laughs> so it was just a short. Well, short, 1,000 kilometer tour, uh-huh. but I have family along the way. So we were going to stay sometimes camping, sometimes at family's home. Uh-huh. And, you know, that first day she did like 80 kilometers, but no, no bags. So I think that was good. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, but by the end we it did like, start. she did like 130 kilometer day, you know? So I think it's like, wow. you can really build up within a week or two, the, the muscles sure, sure. and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What do you wish you would have known before you started that um, that maybe other people would be well off to know? What I wish to know is no. Nothing? Just uh, good experience? Nothing. Because the experiences come with the uh, along the way, you know, mm-hmm. because sometimes, sometimes for especially, uh, for especially me, I'm a stubborn. <laughs> I'm a stubborn person. So, even some people said, uh, trust me, you you will uh, do this or do that, and then you will be better. Sometimes uh, we don't need that. Sometimes we just, we, we got the lesson when we, when we doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think everything comes with a reason. Okay, I get you. That makes sense. So if you don't mind me asking as well, uh-huh. you, what were you, you met Luis in South America or you met him in Indonesia or somewhere else? We met in Indonesia when he was traveling there. So oh, okay. it's part of his sports sketching tour. Okay. Yeah. And he's, I, I have checked out his Instagram. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And so then he was planning to go to South America and he asked you to come join him and you said, let's do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, to make it short, yes. Uh, so I will make it a bit longer. Go for it. Actually, his plan is going to from Europe, Asia, Oceania, and then from Oceania, he want to continue to America, which is, uh, included Canada and, and America and Central America. Mm-hmm. But because he met me and he want me to come with him. Everything goes uh, not as planned as he wanted or he planned it. Yeah. Uh, because Indonesian passport, maybe some guys you know, or if you don't know, Indonesian passport is not easy. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of restriction. Uh, so we want to make it easier 
it's also because our first time together. So we want to make it easier. We don't want to have a lot of problems. So South America was our choice because from Colombia until Chile, I don't need visa. Oh, okay. So at least three months, I don't need visa. Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Chile, I don't need visa. So that's why we choose right away to South America and skip Canada and America and center of America. That's okay. why. That's a very, very good reason. Yes, that's why. And then we get along. Uh, it works well. And then after South of America, we decide to continue to Africa. That's amazing. Okay. Um, with more with more uh, challenges, of course. <laughs> definitely. And um, do you now speak quite good Spanish? Now, no. I think not anymore because I, asked, I still understand, especially because I learned Portuguese. Yeah. So to understand Spanish, it's easier nowadays than before. Mm. But to speak not really it's gotcha. something it's it will mess up with portuguese mm -hmm. yeah it's easy to mix them let's talk about your bike uh you did mention you started on a uh, traditional setup with panniers and racks uh yeah. what kind of bike did you get to start touring we have mountain bike we are is uh, our bicycle is not for touring mm -hmm. so we modified it to add the racks and then in the front, the fork, we also uh, mount some racks. Okay. And then we, because Louis happened to fail in 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 Peru, so we need to adjust our setup. Mm. Okay. So yeah, it's modified. What kind of stuff do you carry on your bikes? Ah, <sighs> so the stuff actually is like the basic one. Mattress, tents, uh, stove, clothes. What do you want to? Uh, what do you want to know? Like the specific. Um, that's a good point. That's a weird question. I don't know why I had that there. <laughs> 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 I was probably thinking more in lines of like, is there anything you you carry that's unique or different that um might be of interest to people? But I, I didn't write that down. And when I read it, I was like, oh, that's a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah it's like the basic one uh actually that's quite interesting actually uh bicycle tour make us more minimalist mm -hmm. so without the concept the minimalist concept that i forgot the name the minimalist it we already are uh, very we become minimalist mm -hmm. like before we before this bicycle tour happened, we are tend to buy clothes and then confuse which clothes we want to choose with the bicycle touring. Mm -hmm. It's like a material. Material is nothing. It's just what we use and it's useful and that's it. And then when it's clean, it's good. And when it's, uh, when it's dirty, we need to wash. Exactly. Yeah, you realize, I mean, you very quickly realize how little you need. Exactly, yes. Even like I said, that two-week tour my wife and I did, probably, well, I didn't bring too much because I knew I had some experience as a tour, but even her, like some uh -huh. of the stuff she brought, she never touched. And she was like, oh my God, we've been carrying this the whole time. And I said, yep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we knew it was only two weeks, so there's no point in throwing stuff out or mailing it home. We were just like, okay, it's just two weeks. Yeah. 
Exactly. Did you lighten your load as you went after the start in um, Colombia or? Sorry again. Did what you did you get rid of some of your stuff as you went along on your tour or send it home? Yes, or? yes, I did. I did a couple times. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for example, I like to I like to color my nails before. Mm-hmm. Well, I do now because we are not going everywhere. But along like in Colombia, I have couples of colors with me, and then in Ecuador, I give it away because I realize. It just waves. If I change this into food, I will be better mm. because nails cannot 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 give me energy, but food can. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the things. And then the shirt, for example, uh, the first days or the first country I will, in Colombia, I brought like three or four shirts. And then I use them when I'm off of bicycle. But when I'm on the bicycle for a week straight, I don't use them, right? So it become more little. Nowadays, I just only bring one shirt, one shirt for sleep, and then one shirt for the bicycle. That's about as minimalist as you can go and still have a sense of like style and, you know, Rather than go go out to a restaurant wearing a bicycle exactly. jersey that's dirty, yeah. you know? <laughs> that's another thing. Nowadays, I I choose what to wear is also able to I use when I'm off of bicycle too. So I don't like uh, to be look sporty or athlete. I prefer to look casual, so I can use it on and off of bicycle. Yeah, multi-purpose, right? Exactly. I mean, I think it's harder, a little bit harder for women than men because, you know, women, you know, you grow up and you wear some makeup and you like to have, you know, maybe dress nicer <laughs> and stuff. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm just generalizing here because it's not definitely not all women. So please don't get mad, mad at me if you're a woman and you hear this no, 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 um, <laughs> and other women listeners. But I think like. And, and it doesn't mean you can't do it when you stop somewhere. Like now you're back in, you've been in Portugal for a year and uh-huh. I'm sure you get to feel a lot more like a, a woman and dress up and, and look, you know, and wear a bit of makeup and stuff than you did when you were uh, bike touring. Yeah, well, uh, I basically doesn't like to use makeup. Okay. Even when I work, uh, I used to work in hotel and I have the standard in the hotel where I work have the standard of the makeup. Mm. Even though back then I r- really minimalize my makeup. Because it's not good for my skin, and then I don't like it. Ah. And then Louise also doesn't like a woman wear too much makeup, so good it's man. another reason. And then nowadays, it, yeah, it's just like uh, sunblock and uh, what is it like? I it's not conditioner. See, I'm not even like remember a, like what a, is just it. Just a lotion, some kind of skin cream. Yeah, the lotion. I don't even mm-hmm. remember what is the name. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so sunblock is my best friend. <laughs> ah, good point. Yeah, I think, I think I was gonna say I think in Asia a lot of a lot of employers and stuff, you know, they have they have rules for women to wear specific clothes and makeup yeah, and yeah. stuff, and it's not always not. This definitely wouldn't be acceptable in the West. <laughs> Let's just yes, say that. Like the the standard, right? Yeah. Uh, like the beauty in Asia, yes. 
lighter skin and then uh, skinny, straight hair. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I know that, but I'm not so. <laughs> so let, let me ask you. Um, you did say you've 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 gotten rid of a lot of things as you've as you've gotten more into um, experience touring and bike touring. Uh-huh. What are what are some of the things you carry with you just to make life more comfortable? What is the thing? Uh, two pillows. Two. Wow. It's, okay. Yes, because I'm Asian and I grew up with bolster. I don't know if you had uh-huh, in, I know what it when is, you yeah. were in Malaysia. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up in a bolster. So for, I any, for anybody that's without... wondering, a bolster is the the big round tube pillow that you can like lay and hug. Uh. So. I cannot sleep without a pillow between my legs. Ah, yes. Yeah, so that's my special, I think. <laughs> Two <laughs> pillows at least. Uh, because I cannot bring bolster. It's too big. And there is no foldable bolster until now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I bring? Ah, conditioner also. I bring conditioner. I know it's heavy. and it's- Like hair conditioner? Hair conditioner, mm-hmm. yes. After shampoo, you put conditioner. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I bring that because my hair is quite frizzy. It's uh, my hair is curly, and if I don't put co- the conditioner, it get frizzy, and I don't like it. Yeah. So conditioner. Um, what about technology? Do you guys carry laptops, things like that? Yes, we do. We bring laptops, and then Louis got drone and uh, sport camera which mm-hmm. was insta 360 with us oh, but okay. i don't i don't bring much technology because i know i don't want to bring a lot so i just bring camera two lenses no three lenses and then tripod okay nothing special so before we start talking more about the tour in specific, uh, what kind of advice would you give to cyclists out there with regards to packing? Like, is there any advice you'd give to, to ladies or, or guys? What to suggest? Knows where you go, knows how long you go. And then from there, you decide what to go, uh, what to bring. Because if you go for in the summertime, you don't need too much. Even mm-hmm. Even sleeping bag, you don't need to bring thick sleeping bag. When on the summer, uh, like when we went to Af- Africa, we just bring two layers, uh, sorry, two liners. Oh, Instead okay. of sleeping bag, we bring two liners. So, and then if it's too cold, we sleep with our down jacket. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it will be lighter but still uh, enough for what we do. How, how has that affected you when you're in places like mountainous regions and stuff? So let's say Sorry, when, you, when you're up in the mountains and it uh-huh. starts to get colder, um, how has, uh-huh. the, how has packed, packing lightly uh, affected that? Ah, in South America, actually we are preferred to use sandals instead of shoes, but we use waterproof socks oh okay merino waterproof socks mm-hmm. so it's plan of merino wool and then it's waterproof and then the socks uh, and then we use sandals because it can adjustable with the size of the socks mm-hmm. we're gonna use so the more the more cold we put more socks oh okay nice yeah so instead of shoes that 
uh, usually it fit on your shoes. Uh, in fit on your feet, sandals is more adjustable. Oh, that's a good idea. I think um, I think I know another uh, pretty famous bike tour, Ali Denham, and he uses sandals everywhere. And the same thing, he said you can just add socks. You know? Yeah, I didn't. I never heard that. Heard of him? Okay. Is it? Is he Australian? Um. Ooh, that's a good question. I think he might be. Um. His uh Facebook or website and stuff is. Uh, Wow, it's slipped my mind right now. Cycling about. If you've heard ah, of, yes. yes. Ali. Okay, okay. Yeah, Ali. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He is Australian. Uh, I didn't know that, but he, yes, it can be, uh, it can be from another thing because I heard the, uh, this trick is from bicycling. Mm, okay. I don't know if you know, don't know of him. Yeah. So this trick is from bicycling and he also has a trick. But I didn't use it, mm-hmm. which is instead of bring one bulky sleeping bag, mm-hmm. he brought two sleeping bag, but the the smallest one, like a like for summer or spring, but he bring two. Okay. So it's less bulky, but uh, you can more. double it. Yeah. For me, it doesn't work because I'm human. Uh, I'm woman, so <laughs> woman has tendency to have colder than men. I yeah. think. Yeah, I would. I would, from my experience, I'd say so. Yes, and what I do usually is after the cycling, I change my clothes and then change to pajamas because uh, before I get cold mm-hmm. or before too cold. And get inside, <laughs> get inside of the sleeping bag. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, a few fem- women I've talked to said that one. That's one thing that's definitely like women get colder easier than men. So like having a good, comfortable pair of pajamas to wear at nighttime is a is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the tour. You did mention you started in Colombia. Uh huh. How long did you guys spend in South America? Tell us um, about some of the the best things that the things you liked most. Uh, can you repeat because something happened? I yep. didn't know. Yep. I just said, can you um, tell us some of the things you liked most about South America? What were your favorites and how long you spent there? South America. We cycled South America was 18 months. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, almost two years. So we started from Colombia and then we go down to Ecuador, Peru. And then we went to Bolivia, mm-hmm. and then Chile, and then Argentina. we criss- uh, crosses Argentina and Chile back and forward until Ushuaia. Oh, okay. So you made and it all the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my favorite were, my favorite is Peru, definitely Peru. Really? And then Why? yes, Peru because. Andes, man. Uh, the Peruvian Andes is just amazing. <laughs> you cross, you go high during the day, and then you stay as low as you can yeah. in the night. And then every time you cross, the the view is just amazing. It's just colorful that, wow, I don't like him. And then you can you don't see people can be, um, I don't know, like two or three days without seeing people. It's just llamas, 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 or alpacas. 
Oh, very cool. What was your route? So you guys stayed in the mountains going through Peru? What is it? Sorry. You cycled mostly through the mountains in Peru, not along the the coast, right? Not along the coast. Yes, because we tried actually, uh, we tried to go to the coast, to the north Peru, Mm -hmm. but it was terrible. It was too traffic, too much traffic. And I've heard it's a little bit dangerous in the north of Peru along the coast. Uh, I heard that too, but because in Ecuador, we go through the mountain. Mm-hmm. So we miss we miss the beach. Ah, okay. I mean, I'm I'm from Indonesia and Luis from Portugal. So beaches is in our culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, in Ecuador, we spend like three months, yeah, on the mountain. So I think we earn enough with the mountain. So we thought, yeah, let's let's try to go to to the coast then it's horrible it's too much traffic and the hot and then the people is too it's too noisy it's just they shout 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 I oh, yeah. let's go back to hmm. let's go back to the to the mountain and then we fell in love again <laughs> ah, okay so the Peru was number one what else is fantastic that people should know about in South America in Peru or anywhere Oh, well, my favorite is Peru and then Bolivia, of course. I will not forget how cool was Bolivia. I've heard that too. Mm-hmm. If you see on my, my my Instagram, it's never far from Bolivia. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing is the culture, of course. Uh, and the people there, what is it? Um, it's different than where I came from. Mm-hmm. But what is it called? Like how the people receive some people like are the, the ho- hospitality. The hospitality. Oh, well, I'm not amazed by that. The uh, South America hospitality, hmm. Colombia hospitality is. Wait, wait. I just. Uh, I'm just thinking. Okay, no problem. Because it's been a while, so I have to recall. South American culture is. Is good, especially Colombian. Colombian are the best, in my opinion. They are so welcoming. They are so warm. Really? Yeah? They are, what is it? Uh, they are the best. And they are open for for stranger. A lot of, a lot of news in Colombia said that Colombian, Col- uh, Colombia are dangerous. Mm-hmm. But it's not. I think that might be like Colombia 20 years ago from what I've heard from people too is like the 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 problems that Colombia had once upon a time seem to be gone and the the people are really moving forward you know trying to bring out the best in the country. Yes, agree. And not agree because uh well, not agree is because anywhere in the world if you happen in the wrong place in the wrong time it's not cool oh, everywhere. Yeah. But what they said about Colombia are dangerous is not is not right. Also, Colombian the hospitality of Colombian are great. They are amazing, and it's the same with Ecuador. But Ecuador are reserved. They are more reserved. Okay. But they are also very nice, especially in the mountain areas. They are very nice. I don't say the coasts are are nice or not because I haven't there. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, in the mountain, and then 
And then the Amazonian part, they are also cool. They are so very nice. They will treat you like a family if you if you are there. Okay. And then if you ask their help. So let, let me ask you, as as an Indonesian woman, so as a, as a let's say visible minority, I mean, cycling in South America, did you did you get more people in? Like, was there a lot more interest? People going, "Whoa, where are you from?" Like, and then, hmm. and hmm. not knowing what Indonesia is, they're like, what is Indonesia? Where is Indonesia? <laughs> Actually, I look more local than Luis in South America. Ah, they yeah. thought, yes, like in Colombia, I can be Colombian because of my, my body shape. I don't know. And then I can be, uh, from Amazonia part. Okay. So I look more indigenous. Over there. Okay. Uh, but if I go, if we, uh, when we go to Chile and then Argentina, of course, it can be, I can, I can be Asian. But sometimes people miss or uh, thought that I'm from Brazilian too. Okay. So a lot of people probably try to speak to you in Spanish and like, well, how come she? Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sometimes people talk to me instead of Luis uh, in Spanish. Because they thought I'm I'm the local and Luis is the is the what is it Ringo yeah <laughs> but the one yeah the one who can speak Spanish was Luis <laughs> oh wow so that was funny <laughs> my wife too gets a lot of people thinking that she's um she's from Iran but a lot of people think she's Colombian so they say oh you look Colombian <laughs> and this and that she yeah. doesn't know Spanish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes when people see my see my uh, see my eyes, and then they they thought that. Uh... Time for a quick interruption to thank some of the Bike Tour Adventure partners. The Bike Tour Adventures podcast is proud to be partnered with Redshift Sports, founded in 2013 by a team of mechanical engineers who happen to be avid cyclists. They've been focused on creating components that make a meaningful difference to the riding experience such as the switch aero system, the shock stop suspension system, and the kitchen sink handlebar system. I've been using the dual position seat post paired with the shock stop stem since 2020 and have nothing but great things to say about their products. Beginning in 2010 with environmental sustainability as the main focal point, Restrap has been in the bag making business for quite some time. Having used a race back since 2021, I find their holster system and magnetic buckles to be extremely effective and truly unique. Named after the animals that roamed the Tibetan Plateau, Cheru Endurance Bikes was started by Pierre Arnaud Le Manga in 2009. After noticing a lack of endurance bikes on the market, Pierre used his expertise, know-how, and racing experience to create high-end carbon fiber and titanium bikes for the discerning rider and racer. For discount codes, check out the show notes or go to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast website. Amazing. Oh, Chinese, Chinese or Korean. Yeah. But never, they never thought about Indonesian. A lot of people know uh, don't know where is Indonesian. So, yeah. What I ask, uh, is it Chinese? Uh, is it Chinese near Chinese? Uh, near China? No, it's not. Uh, so, what? Oh, uh, my key was, do you know where is Australia? Yes, I know. So it's in the north of Australia. Okay. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's far. So it's far from China. It is far. 
It's it's more near the Australia. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, even when I lived in Malaysia, a lot of people would ask, like, like a lot of people just don't know where Malaysia is, you know? So especially yeah. like people back in Canada, like we're not the best at geography. And I'd just say, you know, Thailand, they're like, oh yeah, Thailand. Okay. The beach, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, just below Thailand, but they have no idea where <laughs> Thailand is. It's just somewhere in the world. You know, it's a place. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't find it on a map, but they're okay. It's near Thailand. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh yeah. South America. So you, um, you spent 18 months. How was it to finally reach Ushuaia and have crossed all of the continents? It was amazing. We cried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We cried. Of course. It's like, man, like the first day we were dying on 12 kilometers. And then after two years, almost two years, we finally reached Ushuaia. It's like, it's like a recall. The two years recalling is just amazing. Uh, sometimes you don't know you can do it after you do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's no word that can, that can explain, I think. I, and I think what, one thing I've heard recently, I think I heard it in another podcast actually, and he was saying is, when you do something that you had no idea you can do, um, it makes everything else seem possible because everything else you thought you could never do is now something like, wait, maybe I can actually do that, you know? Yeah. So. True. When you guys reached Ushuaia, were you already planning to to carry on the trip to Africa or was that like an unknown? Was it like this might be the end? Are we continuing? It was unknown actually because what we the initial plan after the after finishing South America mm-hmm. is uh, we try we wanted to go back to Portugal. Okay. To at least to make something out of it, you know. But then because um, I cannot go to Europe mm-hmm. right away, I have to go back to Indonesia and then and then apply the visa for Europe. Then I can go back to Europe. Oh, okay. So instead of doing that around, going around like across the world, back and forward, why don't we finish it? So uh, we, after Ushuaia, we went back to Chile, uh, to Santiago, and then we stayed there for three months. In that month, we are thinking, what are we going to do next? And so why not finish the world skating tour? Mm-hmm. which is Africa, the last continent. And from the south until Portugal, it will be the best, like, sweet end, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on that month, little, short, very short time, we plan, we plan that to go to Africa. We tried to go to South Africa, but again, because I'm not from Chile, I'm not resident of Chile, I cannot apply the visa to South Africa. Oh my God, such a pain, isn't and, it? Yeah, right. So, but also that time, South Africa is not in a good shape. There are a lot of things happening. That's right. Yeah, they were having quite a lot of protests and stuff. Yeah, so 
yeah, so Indonesian embassy, uh, embassy couldn't help me because it's not good. It's not uh, the condition wasn't the best for tourists, especially with the bicycle. So we started from Namibia. That would be really nice to start there, though. I think. Oh yes, of course. I think that's a beautiful place to start. It's just so desolate and empty, and mm, not really actually. Uh, no? well, in between the town, they're mm-hmm. empty. Yeah, but. Yes, of course. In the big cities, they are not empty. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, where did you did where did you start in Namibia? We started from the is the is the capital uh, Windhoek or Windhoek? How do you ever say it? Windhoek. 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 Yeah. yeah, we started from Windhoek. Uh, Windhoek is actually in the middle of Namibia. Okay. So we just go. We just cycle to the the best. Uh, the most famous desert, Sosusvle. So we go a little bit to the southwest and then we go along the coast to, what is it? I forgot the name. Walvis Bay, maybe? Walvis Bay. And yes, and then we go to the north trying to reach Angola. Okay. But then my mom died. So we had to go back to Indonesia, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, I remember when yes, you were there. It was, mm. yeah, we almost finished. It's like six, uh, around 70 kilometers from the, the border. We had to come back to Indonesia. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were still in Namibia when this all happened, huh? Yes. Uh, I heard about she's not really well in the middle when yeah in the middle of the journey namibia so the last like the half part of namibia i wasn't there i wasn't i wasn't really there mm-hmm. to cycle and enjoy the the moment um i was divided so it's yeah. not easy for me yeah especially in like in, in like southeast asian culture where where family the the family unit is such a strong like important part of yeah. everything yes so. And and this is your mom. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how your culture over there. I love my mom. But mom is mom. You know, it's not yeah. some. It's not your auntie or your. That's right. Your what is it? Your uncle is your mom. Is the closest family you have. Hmm. Hmm. And how long did you spend back in Indonesia when uh when your mom we passed? We spent away? two months only because Luis cannot stay longer than that. He has to go out from Indonesia to get another visa to come back again. So we just spent two months and then we went back to Namibia again. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, uh, we did. And then on February 2020, we started again, the last part of Namibia. And then we crossed to Angola. And then? Angola has the best hospitality. Really? I think. Yeah, it's it's similar with Indonesian. Uh, so they they really uh, what is it? Treat the guests like a king. Okay. So they will give you the best, even they don't have. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me a lot with Indonesian. To ask you about your bikes, when you guys went to Africa, were you still using panniers or you had converted to a more of a yes, bike packing? Yes, we have the same setup. Same setup. Exactly yeah. the same setup. Okay. 
because we know uh, we know how it is, we know how it works, and we trust it. We trust the setup, mm-hmm. so we just get along with it. And I think like now that you're in Africa, like having that mountain bikes and uh, the little bit thicker tires and stuff is really, really useful, yeah? Yes, yes, indeed. Especially in Namibia, because we threw the rural parts and it's not asphalt or mm-hmm. dirt road. So, yeah. But like the Angola, Angola, you can't really do much. Uh, with the off-road or rural area because still it's a lot of places in Angola is undeveloped okay. yet. Even, even the electricity, like the south, uh, the south part of Angola still have the generator. Wow, okay. Recently. So it's still very de- developing. But once you go to the big town, the like Luanda is so much different. It's like another country. Oh, is there really? Yeah. Yes. Like, well, I, I mean, there's there's similarities. I think, like in that sense too. Like when you're, you know, if you go to Kuala Lumpur versus Kelantan, it's a big difference in lifestyle and stuff. And then if you go to the some islands yeah. near Kelantan or, you know, there's no like, there was no electricity when I was there. It was, everything was generator. And that was just 10 years ago. Yeah. And I don't okay, know if yeah, they still I agree, have. Agree. Yeah. Even in Peru or Bolivia is, is the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The big cities. Yeah. They're always different. So uh-huh. how, so because you said you went to uh, Angola and it was around February, maybe March now, 2020. How long before you guys had to leave because of COVID and where did you go? How far did you get? So we did until Sumbe in Angola, which is like around a week until Rwanda. So we just did like half almost of Angola. And then because in Sumbe, we stay with friend of a friend. Okay. And then over there, we stay for a while and then we saw... The news over there, mm. <laughs> because along the way we re- we rarely read or see news. Yeah, in that house we see like almost every meal time we watch the news, and then of course our friends, uh, like the group WhatsApp group in Africa, already talk about the COVID, COVID, COVID. Okay, maybe we, we really need to look need to at what attention this is. Yeah, yeah, that's it. and then see what what we can do or what we have to do at that time so so we decide to go to Luanda to to know how we co- we can do so we went to Luanda and then stay with friend of a friend again uh, we tried to get a visa well Louis mm-hmm. trying to get a visa for me to go to Portugal because uh like Maybe you remember I mentioned you before. Yep. I can't go to Europe because I'm still Indonesian resident. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talk with so many people, with uh, the government people. And uh, lucky thing is where uh, who we stay with is one of the highest level in the government of Angola. Okay. So... He talked with a lot of people with Portuguese uh, embassy too, so I can go to Europe 
I can go, I can get a visa and go to Portugal because of this situation. Oh man, you got lucky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I got it. And then since March, we are back here. Wow. So that's, um, I'm getting nervous because at that time it was so intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It must have been a relief though to, to get into Portugal and be like, okay, finally, like, you know, because you don't know, nobody knew COVID would last, a, you know, one year yeah. later, we're still in this. And now like, I don't know how it is in Portugal, but in Canada, it's going crazy. It's the worst it's been. Like the, how many people every day are getting tested and positive and. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same. Like in here, here is just crazy. I think everywhere is crazy. Like in here, uh, the restaurant is closed and you cannot stay, uh, you cannot dine in mm -hmm. until now you cannot dine in. Uh, just recently we can we can eat in espanada in in the what is it outdoor oh uh, yeah you still cannot dine in wow so still worse in here yeah and here here and where i live in quebec because i'm in the quebec side of the the ontario like ontario's capitals or canada's capital is ottawa and i live in quebec on the other side of the river a different province but uh -huh. we've had a curfew for a month now 8 p.m you're not allowed out after 8 p.m And this is, you know, it's, oh, yes. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, in here is eight, uh, sorry, 10. 10 p.m.? 10 p.m. in here, yes. Yeah. And then in the in the weekend, it's 1 p.m. Really? Like yeah. 1 p.m. or 1 a.m.? 1 p.m. 1 p.m., wow. Yeah. Where are you in Portugal? Uh, at the moment, we are in Lisbon. You're in Lisbon, yeah? In the capital, yes. In the capital. And that's where yes. Luis's family lives? or Luis's family lives is a bit uh, outside of mm -hmm. Lisbon. It's like 100 kilometers okay. uh, or, or an hour with a car. Mm -hmm. And over there is more calmer because the over there, there the curve is not that high as yeah. in here so it's 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 more flexible also uh, also because we live near the mountain not really many people over there so we actually can go out or do sport outside without masker in That's here good. we have to use masker all the time yeah even outside even outside of course there are a lot of people in here, a lot of people not using masks, mm. of course, but, well, it's their life. All right. Well, let's talk about the tour. I'm tired of talking. Yeah, All right. That's enough about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask, let's just talk some, uh, like some things that go along with statistics. Like how far do you guys ride on average? Um, I know you started at 12 kilometers a day, um, but yeah. now what do you find is the general number? Yeah. The funny thing is, yeah, as I told you about, like, uh, we get stronger yeah. uh, every day by doing it. So a week after, like the sixth, the sixth day of cycling, yeah. we did 114 kilometers. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, huge difference. Huh? <laughs> yes, huge different. But of course, we died after that. Yeah. We slept like two hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, average because Louis is also sketching. Yeah. So we don't do much actually. Averagely, we are comfortable riding between sixty to eighties. Okay. So more than more than seventy five is already pain in the ass, literally. Mm. And if it's climbing, like in the Andes or uh, 
climbing mountain we usually does we usually do 40 20 to 40 we didn't do much we are not we are not hardcore people the more beautiful the place is the slowest we are makes sense does Luis sketch every day or like what is his inspiration to sketching as a, is he more of a like scenery or people or? Everything. Everything? Yes. Everything. Everything that is different. Everything that is not, is not, uh, normal for him. Okay. Everything people or, or, uh, buildings or panoramas. Yeah. It's everything. How often do you take, um, like, how often do you stay in hotels or hostels instead of camping when you are bike touring? It depends. Like in Peru, we know that on the mountains, we cannot find hostels sure. on the comfortable bed. So we are fine camping. And if we cannot find a place to camp and then we stay in a hostel or we need to work, we stay in a hostel. Okay. So when we were in Africa, we preferred to, to sleep outside because mm-hmm. of the weather. So in Angola, for example, we prefer to stay outside. Okay. In South America, did you guys, what, what do they call those things? Are they like Casa Ciclista or something like that? These um, Casa Ciclista. Is it right? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys ever yeah. experience them? I experienced, uh, we are experienced only once in, uh, sorry, twice in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Near near Quito and in Peru, okay. near the border of Bolivia, it's it's fun actually. Fine, uh, we met a lot of cyclists also from everywhere, and then how they live, how they the trick they have. For example, like uh, when we were in Ecuador, we met a lot of cyclists from Colombia. And okay. the trick they have to get, uh, to sustain the cheaper food. Yep. Cost of living, keep things cheap. Mm-hmm. They bargain, when they go to the market, they bargain the not really fresh food. So uh. the old vegetables that it, uh, still edible, they bargain that to cheaper price. That's for example. And did you guys try doing that as well? No, we don't. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe your Spanish no, is not good enough. They're like foreigners. Hey. <laughs> I'm good at breaking, but Luis don't. Ah. But I cannot speak Spanish very well, so I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Luis doesn't have the the patience. Uh, yes, and then um, so that's that trick, like of or for the food. If you go to a restaurant, the price is five dollars, for example. And then they will ask uh, three or four dollars, and then uh, whatever the restaurant give, they accept. For example. Oh, okay, so they say, "Can you just? I have this much money. Can you give me whatever is okay for that?" Right. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Or, or ask uh, the local to stay uh, in their place. We also learned that. Mm-hmm. So instead of go to hostel, we will ask the local, hey, uh, we are cycling, we need to place to sleep. So can you help us? It's mm-hmm. like uh, being vulnerable or being, uh, we are, we, we learn how to receive yeah. from them. 
I think part of that too is a lot of times if you ask somebody to stay in their yard, they might offer you to come in the house and share with the family. And, yes. Yeah. Sometimes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also. So uh, instead of paying much or not much, well, also, yeah, sometimes. And that way, we are really saving saving money with mm-hmm. that. Because, in, for example, in Colombia, we don't, we were afraid because of the news so we didn't ask we stay in hostel 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 but then in ecuador we just pay for the hostel like twice the rest we camp or sleep with the locals yeah so as the tour goes on you become more um smart about how to to save and stuff yes and become more humble too (laughs) Ah, i am become more humble yeah that's good too uh what's your favorite part of bike touring my favorite Part of bike touring is know myself better. And I know it sounds cliche, uh-huh. but it is. How so? How do how do you learn to know yourself better? Like, uh, I know my limits, uh, and then uh, knowing how if I reach the limit, and then and it's not usually it's not good. So I also learn how to avoid it. How I react if. I I reach my limit, mm. and then uh, as I mentioned before, is learn how to receive because some people some people is not easy to ask uh, how to ask and how to receive because I know a lot of people cannot ask or accept what they have and bicycle touring ex- uh, teach me a lot of that also become minimalist that we don't need to have a lot bike touring also teach me that and then bicycle touring teach me a lot of things though that's good this next question might be a little bit too similar but how have you grown as a person since these last four years starting touring how i grow i become more open because before I really reserve a pe- uh, person, really, yeah. I become more open. Yeah, I become more open to ask and to receive, as I mentioned before. And then uh, my perspective is also wider. So instead of seeing my belly button, I see more perspective than before. Okay, you have like a wider view. Yeah, like the first country, Colombia. When people ask me, oh, where are you from? Oh, uh, how long you cycle every day? It's like the basic question. Or, or mm-hmm. uh, have you married? And then sometimes if you, if you have, if you receive question, the same question almost every day, you get tired of it, right? True. But nowadays when people ask that, it's just because they are curious. Mm-hmm. I cannot blame them. Ask the, ask the same question. And they didn't know what happened to me, so I just answer, and I can make body, uh, I can make somebody smile, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because sometimes we get we get annoyed with the same thing every day, but I mean, we shouldn't, right? Like we're out there biking, yeah, and you're shouldn't. seeing the world, and you're yeah. you're having an experience that people can only dream about. And to get annoyed that they ask you questions is kind of silly. 
exactly so sometimes those people never been to outside of the town maybe or mm-hmm. or the country yeah so it's not there to blame <laughs> it's not their fault yeah something like that it's more patient are there any um difficulties i mean i think we touched on one visas but uh associated with being an indonesian bike touring around the world um I know that visas can be a real pain. Um, have you had any other issues? Uh, it's a real, yeah. That's the the issues so far is the visa. It's also because Indonesia is not as strong as Canadian or or American or European, so it's not easy. Sometimes I just feel wrong because I'm Indonesian. So mm. Louis have to have to experience the the obstacle too. You know, yeah, yeah, and then in become Indonesian is f- uh, far from the family too. I think is because, as you can imagine, across uh, to, for example, like my mom, uh, my mom passed away. It's something that you cannot plan. Like it's not like an hour by car away, mm-hmm. or or uh, is it. It takes a day, and then the ticket is not is not cheap. And then, and then after I went back, I have to go back again to Africa, which is another another cost. Mm-hmm. So in that way, is I think it's the obstacle. Yeah, it's a big. So it's a big if tough something one. happened with the family, I cannot go right away. Mm-hmm. Do you have a big family in Indonesia? My main family is only five. Okay. I have one brother and sis- one sister. Okay. So I'm the youngest, but it's strong. The relation family is strong in Indonesia. Yeah. Have you had any difficulties with um, border crossings or anything, you know, when you're cycling? When we are cycling, people actually make e- make it easier because it seems like they are pity on us. <laughs> 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 but uh, actually when we are in South America the hardest was so before after South America we we flew to Africa so from Santiago we flew to Brazil first and we spent two weeks in Brazil nice and then from Brazil we go to Africa to Brazil and then to Africa is not easy because I don't know I'm Indonesian. It's always the visa. It's always the passport. It's such a hard one. Yes, yeah, so they they hold my passport and I have to wait for I don't know two hours without explanation. That was in Brazil in or this, when you're leaving Brazil? Uh, going to Brazil. Okay. And then in Angola from Brazil. Mm. They thought uh, they thought that Namibia, I need visa to Namibia, but it's not. So they hold they hold my passport because it's not it's not common passport mm-hmm. to cross. So they hold it, and yeah, in Brazil was the worst, I think. <laughs> uh, but I not really. It's uh, they thought that my passport is not real passport. Really? Because <laughs> yes, because I renew my passport in Peru, in Lima. So they thought that is not 
is not real. Weird. <laughs> like I mentioned before too, my wife struggles with her passport because she's Iranian and she doesn't have a Canadian passport yet, maybe in another mm. year or two. And sometimes when we're traveling, it makes it really difficult on where we can go because yeah, yeah. she's limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's not easy. Especially uh, like even when we, when I was in Angola, they thought, Indonesia? There is what is Indonesia? <laughs> there is Indonesia? <laughs> I don't know. I never heard Indonesia. So it was worse. Yeah. It makes me nervous, actually. Does it? Border. Every border makes me nervous. Yes, I do. Um, I was nervous on the border. Okay. I think that's probably um, a good place to talk about what's up next. What are you guys planning for the future? For any more cycling? World sketching tour is still happening? Uh, well, world sketching tour have to be on hold because the world is it's not conducive <laughs> at the moment, right? So, yes, we are planning on a bicycle touring soon, hopefully soon this summer. We want to cycling around Portugal and sketch. Ah, okay. Only Portugal because a lot of reason, as we may know, because everywhere the the rules are changing mm-hmm. all the time. Are the borders open between Portugal and Spain? I'm not sure, actually. Okay. I'm not sure. I know that they are open. But people who comes to Portugal, they have to have visa, like work visa okay. or uh, investor visa. So ah, okay. for tourists, not yet. Got it. Anything else I'm missing that you wanted to share that I forgot to ask you today? Well, yes, we're going to do it. And then we're just going to do it like three or four months. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to do it too long. But of course, we will try to past the rural areas instead of the main spot or the main road, the hot spot. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to share? No, I think that's, that's all right. All right. That was awesome. Thanks for taking the time to be with me today, Anissa. Oh, of course. It's my pleasure too, to, to be here. And if people do want to find you on Instagram or any other social media, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on in, uh, Instagram, Anissa. Is uh, A-N-Y-I-S-A. All right. And uh, for blog, I don't have blog. It will, uh, My blog is in Indonesian. Oh, I don't okay. write in English. Perfect. Instagram's good. I'll add a link too on my website so people can just find you. All right. Thank you. So thank you so oh. much. Terima kasih. Terima kasih. All right. Ah, please. Oh, yes. Yes. I also want to share... Uh, your podcast. Mm-hmm. So can I, I? I will give you a link to the episode and everything once it's posted, and um, and then you can share away. All right, that's cool. And uh, maybe I'll have to reach out to Luis sometime and have him on the show too. Sure, sure. Probably after the summer, though. I have some big plans this summer too, and uh, I'll be slowing down a little bit. Do bicycle tour? Yeah, but mostly here locally. Um more gravel stuff so like not on paved roads and now gravel is fashion right yeah it's a bit of a fashion thing um i just want to i like i like to do long hard days on a bike and Uh so i thought try some of these gravel routes that are and just push it to see how fast and how far i can go 
Lastly, I'd like to once again thank all the individuals and companies that are supporting the podcast. If you are enjoying the show and like what I'm doing, you can become one of my show supporters by going to patreon.com slash bikepackadventures. And for just a few dollars a month, you can help keep this show going. You can also help out by sending a one-time donation through PayPal. This money all goes back into the podcast, help me to cover the costs associated with running the show, buy new equipment when necessary, and produce the high-quality content that you've become accustomed to. Much appreciated, and keep on pedaling. <laughs>